0: grace of our loving Lord grace that exceeds our sin and our guilt yonder on Calvary it away look there is flowing a crimson yeah. tide wider than snow you may be yeah. today yeah. marvelous infinite matchless grace That is greater than all our sin. Amen. Amen.
1: right, if you're not already there, if you go to Hebrews chapter 3, we're going to look at other verses uh, past the reading. Uh, We're going to continue on, but what I'm going to speak about today is, is... Title-wise, I suppose to be the necessities to staying right with God for life. The necessities. And by that, I mean the, the things needed to stay right with God for life. You know, it, it's, it's a very, very important thing that, uh, that we rear a family in church. It's a very important thing that we come up and grow in church because Christ died for the church. Uh, this is this is his his uh, idea, so to speak. This is where we learn and, and grow, but so many times we we see a drifting away, uh, an inconsistency, and that's what I'm going to talk to you to about today. Uh, was, as we get into this, I'm looking very much forward to the the activity Saturday. I really am. Um, that's going to be amazing. Twenty one of us. Uh, young adults twenty one of us young adults that are going there, uh, but i 'm going to let brother hopper go also um, <laughs> but uh we 're going going to have a have a great time uh, hopefully not get arrested or anything so it 'll be good we 're going to look forward looking forward to it I have not been to a Memphis state Memphis game since I walked away from the field in 1977. So I've not been back in the, I've been back in the stadium one time. It was, uh, went in just just to look around, but uh, but have not been to a ball game. So I'm kind of excited about that. Well, just uh, be with me this morning and, and uh, keep your attention with me as much as you can so I don't have to hold it. I'm going to try to just give several points that I, I think will be helpful to you Uh, and how we can just stay right with God, so we can stay with God. Um, There's a lot of chaos in our world and a lot of just insanity that seems to be just snowballing toward us today. And uh, and that means we're going to have to even be more diligent to stay faithful. And so I'm going to have a word of prayer, and I get started. Father, I pray that you bless. Holy Spirit of God, guide my mind, my thoughts. Spirit of God, I yield myself to Thee. Lord, I need you. Father, as I walked last night and prayed, I I told you again and again how much I need you, and I need you for today. I need you every day, but I need you especially right now. I need your spirit and your power and your guidance, your direction and my thoughts and my... everything that I try to do. For I can do nothing without you. So, Holy Spirit of God, I pray that you'd speak to the people today, please. In Jesus' name, amen. As we begin to look at this, this passage and the succeeding verses, we will be looking at what will help us to remain faithful to God through the years, for a lifetime, and for the generation to come after us. And by that, I mean, we not only want to live for Christ in our lifetime, but but Truthfully, we've not accomplished a whole lot if we don't pass that on to the next generation. So Hebrews chapter uh, 3, we're going to look at verse 7. Now I'll read verse 6, and it'll just carry us on into verse 7. Verse 6 says this, it says, But Christ is a son over his own house, whose house we are. Notice that, whose house we are. If we hold fast the, the confidence and the rejoice and the hope firm unto the end he says wherefore as the Holy Ghost saith today if you will hear his voice and I'm just gonna stop right there The, the point number one if if we're going to hear if we're going to hear the voice of God we've got to determine today to have our spiritual ears open We've got. If we're going to live out for God and, and continue a life for God, you know, you know when living a whole life for God and living throughout your life for God, you know where that begins? It begins right now, today. It begins at this very moment right here. It, it, it's keeping our spiritual ears open. Everyone here today can hear, but not everyone will hear. Everyone in here, and I've said this before, everyone in here, you hear the noise coming out of my mouth. But some actually hear what I'm saying. And watch as some have spiritual ears open at this moment to hear what God's really trying to get through to them. And, and everyone here today will hear, but not everyone uh, today can hear, but not everyone will hear. Some will hear, but they will hear what other, others need. And you know, you'll, hear the, you'll hear clearly, intelligently, you'll hear the words, and you'll say, man, yeah, I think so-and-so needs that. But there are some here today with spiritual ears who, who will spiritually hear what they need. And, and that's what we have to do. And, and so I'm going to do something unique this morning. I'm just going to ask you to bow your head right now. And I know some of you think, wow, service over? That's great. But um, no, just bow your head right now. And I'm going to ask you to do this. I'm going to ask you to pray and ask the Holy Spirit of God to open your ears. I'm going to ask you to ask the Spirit of God, please open my ears and let me hear truth today that might make a difference in my life. Would you ask God, don't let me walk out of here unchanged. Spirit of God, speak to me and change me today. Ask God, God, what are you trying to teach me? What do you want me to learn Even ask him, Father, convict me. Tell me if there's something in my life that needs to be different. Tell me if there's something that needs to be changed. And can I tell you what he's looking for? He's looking for somebody who will hear. Father, please bless right now, Lord, for my ears, Lord, that I will hear the truth, that I will yield to your spirit, your power. God, that that if there's anything in my life that needs to be changed and altered or uh, uh, begun, Lord, I pray that you'd please reveal that to me. And, And Lord, please give us ears to hear, spiritual ears to hear. Please, dear God, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I believe it's it's absolutely crucial that we we hear what God's trying to say to us. You know, we can read the Bible or we can hear God speak through the Bible. We can hear the preaching or we can we can hear we can hear God speak through the the preaching and somehow we got to we got to have God the spirit of God's got to speak to us and and, and every time every day every throughout the day you've got to, to we have to ask god please open our ears open our ears to the truth open our ears to my sin open my, the, my ears to my my frailties and my weaknesses god changed me what happens is is we we close our ears and we become stagnant and we we become and i hear this all the time well i'm just not getting anything out of church why are you not getting anything out of church? Now, I understand it might be that nothing's being preached, but I I promise you, I, I'm not the greatest preacher in the world, but I promise you, I seek God for the truth to teach and preach. I ask God to guide my mind and my heart. I don't just look for something. I, the greatest compliment I ever got from my preacher uh, before he passed away and went to heaven was he set me down one day and he said, he said, Bob, he said, when I leave, when I go on vacation or when I can't preach, he said, you fill in for me. He said, I get more positive response from your sermons than anybody else's sermons. And, and, I, and, I, and I started to, man, I was, I was blown away and I, and I started to say thank you. And he looked at me and he said, no, stop, Bob. He said, don't say a word. He said, I'm going to tell you why. And I just sat there in amazement and he looked at me and he said, it's because you care more about helping people than you do about preaching a good sermon. And I'm gonna tell you today, that's been something that's lived with me ever since that moment. I, I don't look, I understand I may not even be capable of preaching a good sermon, but I wanna preach a sermon that'll help somebody. And I beg you, if we're gonna stay with God, we've got to we've gotta stop saying I'm not getting anything. And if you say that and if you feel that, then look inside of you. Look inside and say, God, tenderize my heart. I'll be honest with you. The moment that the the broken heart of the tears leave me, I get on my face and I beg God, bring the tears back. For they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. I want God to show me. I want him to convict me. I understand it's not pleasant. No correction is pleasant, but I, but I know that it's what keeps me alive in my service for God because otherwise we grow cold. Otherwise we just, we just we start to die inside. And why come back to something that, that really is just one more hour of somebody reciting words? Number two, ask God to open your ears, but number two, get in the word of God daily. Seriously, search it, study it. I want you to notice the latter part of verse 10. Look at the latter part of verse 10. It says, wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said, look at this, they do always err in their heart and they have not, known my ways you know why God has to convict us so much really about is because we don't know his ways therefore we err in living his ways The more we know his ways, if we'll listen to him and we let him talk to us, the more we know his ways, the less we will err from his ways. But we've got to know his ways or we will err from his ways even unintentionally. Our problem is, is that we don't know his ways and I'll be honest with you, that's why it's so important that we stay consistent with the Bible that we use. You'll notice that that I I don't, uh we read, read and we study and we believe only the king james Bible and you and you say why okay i don 't have time to go on that we'll we 'll do a whole study on that eventually but but the, the the one of the just sensible reasons is if we don't then everybody in here's got something different. Do you understand even when i 'm reading it it 's confusion you've got to have that consistency of the word it's got to all say everybody's got to be reading the same thing so everybody understands the same thing we we were in in uh, just uh, out in another country and, and, and teaching and preaching and 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 they were struggling to translate and and the lady said that the words that you have in your Bible are not in our translation in our in our language well watch this we shouldn't have that in America we all understand English here in America. You know, I understand people who move in don't just like when I go to Africa and when I go to Mexico, when I go to different places, I don't understand the language there and I struggle, but, but I understand that. But I'm talking about the fact is, is that uh, the, the vast majority of us understand this word and we need to be consistent with it. Consistency in other areas of life will help us in consistency in our life. Now, I believe this, this passage, though, is a direct reference to our need to learn the Word of God. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 15 through 18 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. God says, Study the Word of God. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. You know, the workman that's ashamed is the workman that errs from the, the way he's supposed to be working. And he, he errs when he does not know the truth, rightly dividing the word of God, the word of truth. But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. Watch this. You know why we go into vain and uh, uh, profane uh, uh, and vain babblings? It's because we don't know the truth. When you get when you know the truth, all this other stuff immediately says, "Nah, not going there. Don't even need to discuss that." It's, it's not part of where we, what we believe. He says, and the word will eat as doth the canker of whom Hymenius and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrow this faith of some. The faith of some gets destroyed because we don't know the truth. I beg you. If you want to stay consistent, it starts today, every day. We've got to spend some time. And t- Look, we're in, a, we're in a, an incredible technology age, but it's amazing. First, first thing that I, I do when I, I get up uh, out of bed in the morning is I stumble. That's what I do. But uh, I, 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 I try to find the bathroom, okay? And so I get to the shower, and I'll turn the shower on. And then I'll, I'll walk over, I grab my phone, and I turn on the Bible, and it's, it, and it's, a Bible, it's called Bible Is, it's an app, you, it was, Bible Is, and I'll go to Bible Is, and I will push that, and I'll lay it up on the top of the shower. So even while I'm showering, I'm listening to the Bible. Then I get out and I brush my teeth and I listen to the Bible. And as I'm shaving, I listen to the Bible. And then I walk back and I start to get dressed and I listen to the Bible. It just plays. It just keeps on playing. And and I'll be honest with you, I've already uh, gone through this this year. I don't know. I've probably listened to the Bible at least three times in completion this year because I'm listening to the Bible. It's just you know, you could be listening to a lot of other things, I suppose, and I could be listening to music, and and eventually, after I get to a certain point in in listening to the Bible, I get completely dressed, well, the next thing I do is I'll turn on some good Christian music. You know, notice I said good Christian music. That'd be the hooker family, and so, uh, and so, uh, we'll be having a sale this evening, but, but, uh, but I, I I put on some good music. But I'm not saying I listen to it 24-7. But I go out to cut my grass, I listen to the Bible. I go out to work in the yard, I listen to the Bible. I just put it in and I listen to the Bible. Guess what? I want to get it all in there as much as I can. I want to have truth permeating me. Amen. One of the greatest things I ever did was two and a half years, I read through the book of Proverbs every week for two and a half years. I just... It was just a schedule of life, and I was reading other portions of the Bible, but for two and a half years, the book of Proverbs, because I wanted, because Proverbs is wisdom, and I wanted the wisdom that God had in the book of Proverbs, in the book of wisdom, and so two and a half years, I listened and listened and read and read, and I would go through it, and now, I'm just asking, please, please, don't let me just be talking this morning. Please, let the Spirit speak to you and tell you, I need to get in the book. That's what he's saying. Watch this. He's saying, I need to get in the book. Did you hear that? need to get in the book. He may not sound exactly like that, but you need to get in the book. All right. Why have they erred most of the time? Simply because we do not know the truth. You know, when I was a a detective in Cairoville <laughs> which was big time back then, but uh they I was the youngest guy in the department, so they made me they put me in plain clothes and you know undercover. And I was supposed to go in as a young guy and, and close down this this joint that was had gambling style pinball machines. Anybody remember those? I'm trying to catch somebody. Yeah, Miss Johnny May, I knew you used to play them. Too. I was trying my best to catch somebody, and there you went. You still, try, you still go to play them, don't you? So they had these gambling-style pinball machines. You could drop $100 worth of quarters in them to build up the odds, you know. And so it was illegal for kids under, I think, 21 then, I think. And so, uh, uh, but they were letting kids come in there and play them. So I went in, and I... I uh, did everything, played it for a while, and uh, and then I I went and I caught them with underage kids playing these gambling-style pinball machines, so we shut the place down. Took it to court. When I went to court, they uh, the the lawyer got up, and I think it was already pre-ranged with the judge. But the lawyer got up and he said, uh, "I have one question for this officer." He said. Um, he said, did you see the tax stamp on that pinball machine? You know, in order for it to be a gambling-style pinball machine, he said, it has to have a tax stamp on the side of that, that, uh, that machine. He said, did you see that? Well, I had to honestly say, no, I didn't. He said, then you don't really know it was a gambling-style pinball machine. And I said, sir, yes, I know it was. He said, no, if you didn't see the tax stamp, you can't prove that. Well, here's the thing. There are no tax stamps on the machine. The tax stamp is on the wall. I didn't know that they weren't on the machine too. I did not know the law. And I, made, I was made to look like a fool, and they dismissed the case. And the lawyer knew the whole time, well, what he was asking of me wasn't true but you know we can get manipulated if we don't know the truth we can get deceived if we don't know the truth number three build up your faith this is of course connected to the Word of God but faith cometh by hearing hearing by the Word of God Romans 10 17 but Hebrews 3 12 listen to what it says if you go to verse 12 it says take heed brethren Lest there be any of you an evil heart of a, uh, be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Now, we need to build up our faith because listen, this goes deeper. This verse goes deeper than just your struggle with your faith. You struggle, oh man, I'm, I'm you know just I want to believe, but I know this this is departing from the faith angrily. This is being upset with the faith. This is so as to condemn the faith or even try to destroy the faith in others. We can get to a point where we weaken in faith and, and we weaken in faith, watch this, this is kind of building blocks, we weaken in faith when we don't listen to the Spirit of God. We weaken in faith when we don't hear the truth. We weaken in faith when we don't know the truth by reading and studying the Word of God. We weaken in faith. And what happens is, is that we can weaken in faith and watch this, weekend. we can get to the point not only that we gotten weakened in faith, but we can get negative in that weakened faith. We can get destructive in that weakened faith, and we can take somebody out of faith. We can pull others away from the faith. You know, we need to be leading others to faith. And when we, <clears throat> when we lead others to faith, that strengthens our faith. And, and as our faith is strong, we lead others to faith. Uh, their faith is, is strengthened. But, but we can, this is a negative phrase here that God's saying, you can destroy the faith of others. You can, you can be evil in your lack of faith. You can get to the point where you just talk down the church and watch this, please, let the Spirit speak to you right now even and warn you because there's no one in this room that's above a year from now from being somebody who's trying to pull others away from the faith. It can happen so easily. Keep your faith strong. You be very careful when you are down. I, always, uh, I was always taught this, and, and get this little, this little quote. There's a lot of quotes and philosophies that were taught to me that were just so good to help me through tough times. But here's a very simple one. Never make a decision when your decision maker is broken. That's right. That's right. It's just an old statement from, I think, Dr. Bob Jones Sr., but never make a decision when your decision maker is broken. Uh, just look. If you're struggling a little bit in faith, right now, don't make any major decision. Don't make major changes. Don't do something that you'll regret later. And watch this, because so many times when we make a decision, when we're down, we pull others into that. Keep your faith strong. And here's how, just a simple statement, keep your faith strong through praise, positive attitude, and prayer. You want to stay strong? Praise God for every little thing. Praise God. Anybody got anything to praise God for this morning? Could you raise your hand just as testimony? I got some of, Look, we've got plenty to praise God for, but we can get all caught up in in all the negative of the world and not even you know, and just never let that come out of our mouth. We need to, the Spirit of God needs to say to us, you know what? You ought to praise. Praise the Father for that. And we ought to stop and say, whoa, I just heard that. I need to praise the Father for that. You know what? I need to praise the Father that I closed on my house. Amen? Amen. So now my wife can be happy. (laughs) Because her faith was pulling me down. No, just kidding. Number four, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13. But exhort one another daily While it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. As a faith weakens, somebody in here, even today, somebody in here struggling in faith. They're struggling. Now, you may be struggling because you kind of stopped hearing the voice of God. You may be struggling because you kind of got away from the word of God, and, and the farther we get away from it, the less we recognize the truth and the lie they start to you know the further you get away from truth more truth kind of blends into the lie and so we, we may be struggling because of that but but God's saying exhort one another and look, look at this he says daily daily encourage each other daily you know everything that we utter ought to tr- truly as much as possible about ought to be an encouragement somebody else you say but there's well there's a lot of issues a lot of problems in this world yeah you know what I know that and they know that and so we just don't really need to talk about it a whole lot because it's not gonna change anything except the person we're talking to and us it'll change us for the worse so let's 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 encourage somebody he said daily daily encourage somebody daily before you walk out of this room today could you encourage somebody before you leave here today look it's not we didn't come here just for us and about that for me I didn't come here today just for me I I came here God brought me here the Holy Spirit needs to speak to my heart before I leave from here and say that person needs some encouragement I saw Jay this morning barely woke up in time I knew he needs some encouragement and his wife was giving him that encouragement He didn't get up on time. He'll get up on time next time. He was encouraged to. Now, folks, think about it. Somebody in here needs some encouragement. Do you know what? There's been a whole lot of weeks that your smile has encouraged me. It has. And you come by and you'll just, you'll lie to me and tell me it was good. And and you know what? That encourages me. It encourages my soul. You know, somebody just needs somebody to encourage them before you leave out of here today because he said daily. So somebody needs to be encouraged daily. Everybody needs to be encouraged daily. Daily. Exhort one another, uplift one another, encourage one another. Folks, please. I'm not just preaching these. If we'll do these things, it'll really help us. Exhort means to encourage, to strengthen by consoling. You know, somebody just needs to be consoled. Comfort. Somebody in here needs to be comforted. You know who they are? The feeble minded. And um, (laughs) the scripture says, comfort the feeble minded. All right it means to speak to watch this one of the definitions to call upon and I wrote definition for today text (laughs) to call them to text them to to encourage them and look folks I'm being convicted right now okay I said the spiritual ears. right now while I'm trying to preach this, Holy Spirit's convicted me because my wife will tell you, and I know it's my weakness, I, I, I am not as good at calling, contacting, texting. I'm a little bit better at texting, okay? I'm not, I'm, I'm working on it, okay? Do you still love me? That wasn't very encouraging. Daily, daily desire to be with God's people, encouraged by God's people, to encourage God's people. That's that's what we need, daily. Now, strengthen each other for there is an enemy and if he can get you away from God's people for any reason, through hurt, through anger, through disappointment, through discouragement, through injustice, through hypocrisy, he will deceive you and lead you to believing that the world is right and therefore the sin of the world is right. If the world's right, then their sin is right. And that, and where does that come from? It comes from discouraged people who needed to be encouraged. Now, this this daily encouragement should include uh, Hebrews 10, 10, 24, and 25, for it's, it says the scripture we just read says, but exhort one another daily. And in Hebrews ten twenty five says, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. The same words, but exhorting one another. And God says daily do it. And he says, but then there's some times that you need just everybody gathered together. You know why? So everybody can just encourage everybody and everybody can exhort everybody so it's not just one phone call or one text. You got just a whole lot of people before you walk out of the door that somehow you could 10 or 20 or 15 or maybe everybody in here, somehow you can make them feel like you're gonna make it. It's going to be okay, and I know God, uh, uh, maybe you're going through a tough time, and I know maybe you're struggling right now with finances, and I know maybe you're struggling with life and, and all that's come upon you, and maybe the fears of where this world's going, but hey, y'all, let's band together. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. I was I told my Sunday school class, I was walking last night and praying and All of a sudden, I just blurted out, and I said, Lord, is there any hope for this nation? Would you give us some sign of some hope for this nation? And in my mind, I'm thinking about people being elected and such. And then all of a sudden, God said to me, what are you saying to me, son? I am your hope. And I thought, God, I'm sorry. I stopped, and I held my hands up and said, Lord, I'm sorry, I'm sorry that I even said that to you. What am I talking about? You are the hope of this nation. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 14 says, For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. Notice what he's saying. He's saying stay constant. Listen to me. Inconsistency. Is a recipe for disaster. That's right. Amen. Now, this is going to be deep. Listen to me now. It's going to be a deep statement. Inconsistent people are inconsistent. Did you get that? You know what? God doesn't want that. Inconsistency breeds instability, we're unstable. First Corinthians chapter 15, verses 57, 58 says, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ, which I would ought to be encouraging right there to you, no matter where our nation's going, thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We already have the victory, no matter what goes on in this nation. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast. Listen to what he says now. Therefore, because we already have the victory, because we already have Jesus Christ, therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord, God says, keep going for God is not in vain. It's not in vain. Sometimes you're weary. Keep going. Sometimes you're tired. Keep going. Sometimes you feel like you're not accomplishing anything. Keep going. Keep going for God for your labor is not in vain. Hey. can't express how important it is to cross over from coming to church Sunday school hey if we want to be uptown small groups I tell people all the time you just got to use that small groups they tell me all the time brother Hooker you need to have small groups I said we have Sunday school class it's a small group I said keep pushing me and you're going to be a small group all right now I can't express how important it is, though, that we, ha- that we are consistent to Sunday school. Watch this. Sunday school and church. Here's how important it is. The people that stayed consistent, the Lee Robertson that stayed in church and stayed consistent to what he believed for until he was 90-some-odd years old, still preaching the gospel, he said, three to thrive. He said, come to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And he said, just three to thrive. And you know what? His entire ministry, if you went back 60 years in his sermons, that's what he was saying. 60 years later, he's still saying it. I was there. I hosted him when he was 92 or 94, and he's up preaching. His old finger, when he'd point at you, was like that. And I would think, who are you really pointing at, sir? And he'd say, three to thrive. but here's why it's so important statistically and there's those who do all these statistics but if you took 100 people they say and those 100 people attended Sunday school and church over 80 of those people would still be in church 5 years from now now you wish it was 100% but it says over over 80 of those people still be in church 5 years from now no watch if these same 100 people only attended the main service, the preaching service. But no Sunday school, it says that fewer than 20 will be in church in five years. That's an incredible decline. Is it the Sunday school? Well, well, it's two things. One, in Sunday school, you get taught the truth. Remember going back to where we were? Spirit of God can talk to you. If you know the truth, he can speak to you the truth. The truth will set you free. The Sunday school helps you learn the truth line upon line. We're, like, we're going through the book of Genesis in my Sunday school class. They're going in, in Brother Bob's class, Brother Hopper's class, going through the, the basic principles of the Christian life. Uh, in our foundations classes, we're we doing that. We're going through the younger ones. We're going through the Ten Commandments. Everyone, so they're learning uh, details upon details of the, of the of the truth of the Word of God. So that's that's one of the reasons. But one of the others is the, it's the level of commitment that you make. You know, you go to the military, fellas. You have to be committed, and they don't they don't say, well, hey. Choose which one of the uh, sessions you want to come to. They don't do that, do they? If you feel like getting up for breakfast, go ahead and get up. If you don't, just skip that one. Is that the way they do it? At least not the way I used to see those sailors all lined up going to chow. No. You go to play ball, I've never had a coach in my life say, You guys that feel like doing the grass drills, you line up. The rest of you that don't feel like doing that, wait till we get done and then we'll do something else. (laughs) Did anybody ever have a coach like that? No. It's the level of commitment. You see, and I think when you commit to something fully, there's a greater probability that you're going to stay in it. Because you'll get the full benefit. Now, that's the percentage that drops from just if you miss Sunday school. Now, if you're inconsistent in church itself, they don't even give this because the percentages are already so low. But but watch this. If you are, my point is, you won't hardly have one out of that 100 that'll be in church in five years. If there's inconsistency. It even coming at all. Again, I don't say this to try to make people come to church to be so we have more numbers. I say this because it's what's I know it's what made a difference in my life. It's what made a difference in my marriage. It what made a difference in my children. That God said, "Go to church." And when we decided, and you've heard me say this about a half dozen times already, but made, we made one decision that covered all of the decisions. That meant all the other Sundays the rest of our life, I didn't have to redecide whether I was going to church. All the other Wednesdays the rest of my life, once I finally decided I'm going to church on Wednesday, I didn't have to redecide. All the other Sunday nights, I didn't have to redecide. We're already going. All the other vacations, I didn't have to redecide. We're still going. All the other places, we're still going. Because I made a decision. Success in the Christian life is not some special blessing, not some short-term experiment. It is, is found in being consistent to keep following God through the good days and the bad. Proverbs 28, 20 says, A faithful man shall abound with blessings. I always love that. It didn't say that a talented man. It didn't say an educated man. It didn't say a wealthy man. It didn't say a strong man. It didn't say a powerful man. It didn't say that. It said a faithful man. You say, you know how you can be successful? Man, in your home, your family, for the future, for all of your life, be faithful. But there's a great enemy. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 15 through 19 says, While it is said, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. God says there's a danger, and here's the danger. It may be happening somewhere in here this morning. Somebody in here may be hardening your heart to everything that I'm saying. And I'm again, I'm not saying I'm saying it in a great way. I'm just telling you that I believe it's the principles I derived from this that God led me to derive out of this passage of Scripture. But we can't harden our hearts. I beg you, don't harden your heart toward what the Holy Spirit's trying to get you to do this morning. Because God's not here to hurt you. Nobody's here to hurt you. Here that your life might be better. It said verse sixteen: For some, when they had heard, did provoke. Howbeit, not all that came out of Egypt by Moses, but with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? To whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest? But to them they uh, that believe not, so we. A seed that they could not enter in because of unbelief. If we do not understand the importance of a consistent life, it is the difference between living in the promised land or with our spouse and our children and our children's children or being part of the family of carcasses that are, that fall in the wilderness. Yeah. I've seen too many carcasses along the way. I've seen too many carcasses of really good people, good couples, good family. But the inconsistency of life has hardened their heart toward God. So the question this morning is, how's your heart? How's your heart? How's your heart toward God? How's your heart toward the people in the church? How's your heart toward the word of God? how's your heart toward your family because the moment our heart begins to harden the heart hardens I was Nabal this morning I was listening on my Bible and they were going through the story of Nabal and and it describes how when he rejected David's request and David was coming to kill him and when he found out the truth of what was about to happen to him It says Nabal's heart was hardened. He died later, but his heart began to harden. How's your heart this morning? How's your heart? Father, I pray that you bless. Lord, I pray, Spirit of God,